0: Welcome back to another episode of the Impossible Until Possible podcast. And today I am going to be going through breaking news and what is happening in the service accommodation arena. So, for me, I think we've had ups and downs for sure over the last couple of years. And things are starting to see a bit of um, light at the end of the tunnel in the UK. Although I must say, January was worse than last January and the January before. So we are coming off the back of a bad start in 2022. The Omicron virus certainly didn't help scaring people not to travel. And I think if you look at the statistics, the footfall in all sorts of retail and hospitality were down massively over December and January. And we certainly felt that. And, you know, it wasn't the start that we were hoping for for the year. However, I do still think things are going to be very positive for 2022. And I do think we often forget that December and January, especially in the UK, are not good months. Obviously, in the other areas that I do operate in, they are actually really good months. But in December and January in the UK, we, we typically lose four weeks because the main trade that we make money from for the majority of shortlets and service accommodation units comes from contractors. The contractors typically break up sort of two to three weeks before the end of the year. And then they don't come back until about the second week in Jan. So we almost have four weeks where we're not seeing that regular business that normally drives our profit. And this year, we lost the tourism side of it that normally tops that up, especially pre-Christmas week, New Year's Eve, things like that. And we just didn't really get that this year. And that was a bit frustrating. But at the same time, the government have spotted that. They have stepped in. They have issued grants. And I would encourage you, if you haven't claimed for those, to get them claimed for because that really does then make the difference and it tops you back up. So with all that considered, I feel like we're in the position we we were meant to be in by by February and, you know, we get to kick on. I think a few things that are coming out of uh, various news articles and posts around service accommodation is regulation. And I actually think regulation was due to come in a lot sooner, and the coronavirus just knocked it back because, you know, councils and the governments just, you know, went into free-for-all, obviously panicked and, you know, had to do what they had to do to try and just keep the country going. And I think that now we will see shifts in the regulations, and I think we're already starting to see that with certain councils. I think it's a good thing. I think we're going to move more towards the HMO style operation where you're gonna to need to have you know your health and safety of your guests at the forefront of what you're doing. You're gonna to have to you know conform to fire regulations and why shouldn't you? You know you wouldn't want to stay in a property that's not fire safe. You certainly wouldn't want to have your kids in there. And um, you know why should we expect guests to, to have the same? So I am all for that. Yes it's gonna bring costs However, I do think it will drive out a lot of the unprofessional operators that won't want to burden those costs, and ultimately means that there's less supply, and when there's more demand than there is supply, then the rates go up, and that should cover that cost. I do think licences will come in, and again, I don't think that's a bad thing. Again, it will drive the unprofessional operators out, and ultimately, the professional operators will stay in the game, and... I just think we really need to start focusing on this. And this is one thing I've been doing for quite some time now because I have believed sort of probably end of 2019, early 2020, that this was going to be the case. So any refurbs I do now that I am intending to use for short-term rentals, I put them in what I call a you know a HMO standard to an extent, maybe without you know, a, few, a few bits and bobs that you would find in the HMOs. But you know, we're looking at acoustic levels, we're looking at you know the fire safety, we're looking at how we can implement the technology in there now so that we're not having to do it at a later stage. Because I think that's another place that the service accommodation industry is going right now, and that is technology. So if you're not investing in your tech, I do think you're gonna get left behind. And that goes from, you know, everything from kind of smart entries into the way that we're automating our operations and, you know, all the way through to monitoring noise and things like that. So the more you're doing of that, the more automated you make in your business, the more scalable it becomes. And, you know, we're constantly battling because we grow so quickly. Every six months, I feel like we're having to rejig all of our technology again and all of our automation and systems or or improve them, certainly, because what worked for the portfolio size then isn't working now. And therefore, we need to do a little rejig and then we get it right and we move again. So we're constantly fighting that battle. But one thing that we do use a lot of is technology and the technology helps support that automation. So I think you need to get focused on that if you're not already. I know I spoke about this the other night on my SA Masterclass and, you know, did a, a full kind of presentation on this area because I do think that it, it's really important. I think we've got councils clamping down and, um, you know, the unprofessional operators and, you know, even the professional ones at times, we kind of help some parties, let's be honest about it. We can do all the checks. We can do absolutely everything, but there are, People who want to disrespect the properties in the neighbourhoods and don't um, don't give a shit about your contracts or the deposits, and ultimately that causes neighbourhood disturbances. And I think that's one of the main things that's going to hurt the uh, short-term rental game is the the neighbours complaining and ultimately the council start to get far too many complaints coming in. So we need to protect our industry as a whole, and we all need to improve our game, and we all need to be. Make sure that we're stamping out parties and not just taking a booking for the sake of the money. We need to be taking a booking because it's the right person for the property. And we need to be taking a booking and making sure that they are going to respect the contract and respect the neighbours. And if they're not, we need to get rid of them and we need to move them out because the more complaints the councils get, the more that they're going to come at us and the more that they're going to make things difficult for us. And, you know, we're already seeing that with certain cities having, you know, 90-day stay rules, things like that in force. And I know from my personal experience, we've had the council onto us about a few of our properties where neighbours have constantly complained. And sometimes the neighbours just get a bee in their bonnet and they don't want to... Um, They don't want to, they just don't like the idea of an Airbnb being next to them, even though the majority of what we do isn't Airbnb. The majority of what we do is contract stays, and they're very respectable in the main. But they just don't like that idea. So any tiny little thing, they go and report, and then all of a sudden, you've got the council on your back, and then you're in this battle. And it becomes time and hassle and admin. But we all need to just try and collectively stamp it out, and I think if we can do that, we will all end up in a much better place than if we ignore it and allow it to happen. And, you know, sell our rooms too cheaply and we end up getting parties in there. And You know, we are disrespecting the neighbours, not really caring about the neighbours. I think we have to try and, you know, really care about the environment that we're putting these properties into. Now, although you may think, oh, well, I've got a freehold property. I, you know, the council can't do anything. They can't. You know, the council can shut you down. They can shut your operation down. And you know, we've had we've had one property red carded, should I say, uh, in the whole time I've been doing this and that wasn't actually for noise. It was um again Basically, someone who worked for the council lived next door to the property um, abused her powers and managed to uh, get us closed down for fire safety. They wanted us to put sprinklers and all sorts of hotel sprinkler systems into the property, which just wasn't, it wasn't viable financially. And they wanted us to build a fire exit out the back of one of the top. Rooms because it didn't meet standards yet. It had a HMO license previously, so I couldn't quite wear that one out. But sometimes, you know, it's not worth the time and energy. And it's easier just to wrap these things up, put it back to either HMO or a HMO or a tenant property. Um, or if you're on a rent to rent agreement, maybe do a deal with the landlord and, and give it back to them. And, you know, and just move on, you know, and find, find another property where you haven't got a nosy neighbor and you haven't got someone who's going to complain every time someone moves in there. Because once they've got the backs up, they just, they don't stop, and um, you know I do think sometimes it's easier just to to quit and just to uh, move your money into a different investment in a different area, and ultimately work with that. On the flip side of that, you can you know work with neighbours, and uh, we do we do this. You know we we work with them and. Um, I don't recommend giving your number to neighbors, but I do think, you know, if you have had a complaint, then you should try and, you know, try and find a win-win solution for you all. You know, the, the the more you look at win-wins as opposed to I'm going to win, you're going to lose, that, that it just doesn't work. So if you think about how you can win, but how you can then help the, the neighbor win or, you know, help the community win, then then everyone wins, all right? And everyone gets more abundance. Everyone gets more value out of the whole thing. But when you start getting your back up and, you know, and I've been there, you know, my younger years where it's like, you know, no, my competitive spirit's coming out. I'm going to win. You're going to lose. And really, no one ends up winning, okay? Because you either waste so much time and energy or you don't get the result that you want and you get frustrated. And, you know, there's so many different ways that we can do stuff. But I think we all need to be careful. Uh, I do think licenses are coming in. I think... Um, We need to make sure that the properties not only work now when we're taking them on, but they're going to work if we had to spend a bit of money on them to get them licensed or if we had to pay license fees every year or if we can only operate for a certain number of days. Um, One thing we have done in the times when we've had a few complaints is we knock the weekends out and just have the week stays And then we just go for the longer term bookings on those and just try and get the contractors in for, you know, several months at a time. And what we've done by doing that is it it realigns your focus. It stops you being so dependent on the booking channels and it really gets you off your ass and makes you go and find the bookings. And those bookings are much better anyway. So, you know, by actually taking out what can be causing the pain for the neighborhoods or the other um, your neighbors and things like that, you can actually, you know, just get rid of. Them. Because in the main, it is the weekenders that normally cause the bother, and you know your Friday nights and your Saturday nights. So if you take that away and you just concentrate on the core, the core avatar that's bringing in most of your money, then you'll actually end up being a lot more profitable. So that's one thing that we have done in a few properties where we've had a few issues with. And then I think we're going to go into a fantastic summer and that i think that starts from about next two weeks or so we start to normally see the calendar start to pick up quite a bit naturally and i think we're going to see another huge boom in the summer i think still think you know there's a lot of countries that are needing pcr tests to get into and you know i think a lot of people are just more than happy to travel my my mum for example i had a conversation with her a couple of weeks ago she used to love going on holiday, love traveling abroad And, you know, she mentioned to me she wasn't bothered about going away this year. And I said, why not? And she said, well, I just have really got used to, like, exploring the UK. And I quite like what I've, you know, had over the last couple of years, really enjoyed it and found it a much more pleasurable experience. And I think she falls into the category of a lot more people in that mindset right now. And that really benefits us as hosts within the UK where we get to you know, offer this tourist accommodation throughout the summer months, the kids' school holidays, and people are more aligned now to wanting to go and explore new cities. And, you know, it's not just the Lake Districts or the Cotswolds or, you know, the South Coast. It is actual cities people want to explore as well. So I think, you know, make your units available, and I do think we're going to see a huge summer boom. In Dubai, i find in that we are experiencing um, you know, some some some. We've had a great winter, um, as we do, because the weather's perfect out there now. And uh, we start to edge towards the summer months, towards May. But I do think towards the back end of this year, we're going to have an absolute belter of a time because we've got the World Cup in Qatar, and ultimately, there's not much in Qatar. Uh, not much that people know of, but people do know that you can stay in Dubai and get on an hour's flight to get to Qatar. So for us, again, this is where your dynamic pricing and your customizations come in to make sure that you're maximising the revenue. And you know, we're we're on top of events, we're on top of stuff, and we, we're always looking ahead to where we're going. So, you know, for the full year we've pretty much got it already mapped out and you know, yes, we'll change and things might happen, but in the main, I think we're gonna get back to normality, which I think the government's already announced with you know the removal of pretty much everything in terms of restrictions by the end of feb and then we're going to go back into you know the norm of what we used to see prior to 2020 2019 and I do think we're going to see that that lift again in terms of the bookings and then we'll we'll tail off again towards the winter but hopefully, This Christmas can be the first Christmas where people are going back out traveling to see their families. They are. That pre-Christmas week is a big week for us. And people are, you know, arriving five days before Christmas Eve and they're going to see their families and they've got all these amazing plans. Uh, Something that I think has been kind of lacking over the last couple of years. And then hopefully we'll start to see a bit more activity around New Year's Eve as well, which should always help the December, January kind of low season in the UK and, uh, but I think Dubai and uh, those connected kind of countries uh, are going to see a real, a real good winter slash early January uh, due to the fact that we've got the World Cup. And then obviously, naturally, the weather's great out there. So it's quite a hot time anyway. So in the main, to wrap up, we need to be focused on uh, what's coming. Get, get yourself prepared. So invest in technology. I would be looking at how you're operating and who's staying with you, how many complaints you're getting potentially from um, councils or neighbours and trying to create a win-win solution with those. And maybe focusing more on contractor stays. So um, we're doing a lot of this right now. Uh, we have opened up our website. So we quite often get a lot of overspill bookings that, um, you know, whilst we've got quite a lot of properties in the portfolio, we still don't seem to have enough at times. So I created a uh, a booking channel, which is uh, a bit like a, a platform, I guess, like an OTA where you guys can actually list on our channel. And when we get these bookings in that we can't fulfill, then we will pass them on to the best property for that stay. And, you know, that's been a great um A great little tool for us. If anyone's interested in that, uh, jump on to loopcapitalgroup.com and just hit the list with us button and you can start the application. And that really is, um, it's building that nicely and we're getting a lot of hosts on board. And also um, because we have a direct booking site where people can actually just go on and book. And we have a lot of marketing and SEO going on in the background. We're starting to see the traffic. Increasing on that website, and therefore, you know, people can just book the best property that they see for their purpose. So, you know, by being listed on there for free, um, you know, there, there is really no downside of that. And for me, that's you know, me wanting to make sure that I can help the wider market because you know that is my goal is to to, to really help the short term rental industry. I think it's an amazing industry, and I think there's some you know fantastic people doing fantastic things in the industry to try and help it. Uh, you know, you've got Chris Morgan, his IPAC and his trust. I think he's just changing the game quite a lot. And, and the more that that uh, really pushes through in all the rentals and all, all the hosts, I think the better. You know, you've got loads of people doing really good things um, and thinking about others rather than thinking about themselves. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with the, the List With Us platform was, you know, we bring you on and then we try and get you bookings to just, listen, you're not going to, I'm not going to fill your calendars every month. But, you know, if we can get you one really good long-term booking per year, or we can get you, you know, multiple half-decent stays per year, it just adds to the revenue, you know. And again, thinking of that win-win sort of scenario, I think it's, um you know, a real good tool and uh, something that I'm, I'm quite proud of putting together and, you know, I'd love everyone to to join. And, um, you know, and then on top of that, you know, you're marketing the your exposure, you want to just... Be, be getting out there as much as you can. You know, I, I still see quite often, I, I take on students to coach and I ask them what channels they're on and they're, they're either on, on no channels or one channel. You know, at the end of the day, the way that this industry works, you almost like get to advertise for free. And yeah, you pay your fees once you've got a booking, but there's not many industries in the world that you can, you know, only pay when you play. Most of the time you have to risk advertising spend to see if you can get any leads or sales. We don't have to do that. Airbnb, booking.com, all these other channels are making huge, huge amounts of investment into their marketing. And we all get the ripple effect of that. And if we get booked, great. We pay them. We don't have to pay to to try and get booked. And I think you know it's a powerful tool. So you want to be spread out. In as many areas as you can and get yourself out there. And yes, you're not going to get bookings from loads of places. You know, there's a lot of sites that you don't get bookings from, but sometimes it can just be that exposure of seeing your brand there. And when you go into good branding, which, you know, is another topic altogether, but once you've got a good branding, then people start to see that similarity of your brand popping up everywhere. And they start to be a theme and you just never know what stays in their brain. And then when they're ready to book, they might actually land on your website instead of actually going through the channels and it's just saved you 15, 18% commission. So there's so many ways that we can improve in this game. But I do think the year ahead is is one of prosperity. I do think we're going to um, have a real good time and we need to make sure that we're, we're ready for us because I do think it's going to get really busy. And I predict that's going to start happening by early March and picking up. And then from then, we should see that last till probably mid to end of November, possibly even early November. I think we we had a bit of a late kick on this year because of kind of what's happened with COVID. Normally it does die down early November. I think we might see that again this year. But um, in the main... As I always say, this is a 12-month game. We look at our profits after 12 months, not after month one. So, you know, if we looked after after January, it wouldn't be be looking so rosy. Um, But if we look at it by the end of December 2022, I'm pretty sure that we'll have made the right decision to stay in the game and it will have been a very profitable year for us all. So that is it for today. And uh, I hope that's been valuable. And uh, as always, feel free to give me a shout out. Take care, everyone. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and you'd like to maybe get on a one-to-one call with myself, then you can easily put yourself in with a chance of winning that by leaving me a review and sending a screenshot, tagging me in it on Instagram, at official Ryan Luke, and I will put you in the draw to potentially win that one-to-one call with myself at the end of the month.